Welcome to Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect. And we definitely don't have all the answers. We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith together. together. Welcome back to another episode from Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. A few weeks ago, we talked about a holy mother who inspired us. Lisa, you remember who that was? It was St. Monica, episode 14. And so today we're going to talk about the other holy mother who inspires us. That is the holy mother, Mary. <laughs> I have to say that in preparation for today's episode, Lisa and I discovered that we both come at this topic from a slightly different perspectives. Such a shocker, isn't it, that you and I d differ in opinion on something? <laughs> Well, I, I think it was the last episode that you made a comment about how you and I both serve the church differently, that we don't come at mm -hmm. things from the same perspective. And and so this topic also came out that we're a little bit different on it. I was like, on, on how we uh, view Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's a good topic for us today because there's probably lots of other women out there who have differing views of the Holy Mother and how we honor her and get to know her and what she means to us. So that's kind of where we're going today. I, I wonder if we should jump out right here at the beginning for our non-Catholic friends or maybe newly Catholic people who struggle with Mary and just reiterate that we as Catholics do not worship Mary. Worship is only for God. We honor yes. Mary and we can pray and ask for her to pray for us, but we, we do not worship her. Little caveat to start the episode. That's right, Lisa. We honor Mary the same way that we would honor our own mother. I mean, just like in the Ten Commandments, you honor your father and mother, and Mary is Jesus's mother, and he was God. So we worship God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But in doing that, we also honor his mother as our own. I think it was a great Marian saint St. Louis de Montfort, who said, you can never praise or honor Mary without Mary praising and honoring God with you. So we invite her to pray with us to God. I know that you and I said we had slightly different approaches, and mm -hmm. you didn't want me to put you on the spot right off the bat, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, give me a little time to warm up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how we both view Mary, or how do we find her? What's our connection to her? And, and this is where you and I kind of got going. Yeah, so, so you're going first. Go ahead. Oh, but then I'm going <laughs> to hog all the time. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I'll interrupt you. Well, Mary is very near and dear to my heart. And it's been a long, slow growth that kind of really took off in a, in a very deep way in 2019. You know, I can't remember a time when we didn't know who Mary was. I mean, the Christmas story, right? You can't really talk you about You can't have Christmas. the birth of Jesus without someone giving birth. Is that what you're saying? Without his yes, mother? Yes. Thank you for putting it so perfectly. <laughs> Yay, Lisa. <laughs> she can always tell what I'm thinking. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things that as I look back over my life where I see Mary being present and, and being important, even if just kind of in the periphery, if that makes sense. I remember us getting to know Mary as a mother 
at our very first Catholic conference. Um, Lisa, you'll remember that's where we drove with mom to San Antonio. And mm -hmm. she told us for the first time that our grandmother, Granny, prayed the rosary every day in honor of her mother because her mother asked her to. That's how I remember mom telling us. But we unfortunately didn't have an opportunity to ask our grandmother about it because we didn't, we didn't know it until after she had dementia and couldn't tell us about her devotion, which mm -hmm. is kind of sad. It is. Well, I would say my own, I've always, eh, this, this is why it's hard for me to talk about because I've always, I've struggled with her because she was without sin and perfect and amazing and wonderful. And I have always had trouble relating to her. People said, oh, when you're a mother, you'll make a connection because she was a mother. And I thought she was without sin. She had God for a child. And you know, I'm thinking, so, so how does that relate to my life exactly? So I just always kind of struggled with her uh, in that way. And there's some things that I tremendously looked at her as a great example, especially when I was teaching faith formation to kids and that her yes to God, that she was a teenage girl and angel appears before her and she's like, okay. I mean, there was no, I mean, I can only hear the argument I would be having with the angel at that moment. I would be, can I read the fine print? Can we get it in writing? What's going to happen? <laughs> How bad am I going to suffer? What comes next? You know? And so I was, I always been amazed of her, we call her fiat, her yes, and look to her as that model of how can I love God and trust God enough to say yes to whatever he's asking me of. And so for that, you know, I do look to her. We can talk about the motherhood part in a minute. <laughs> this is why you like all the finding holy in the ordinary, because you can identify more closely with saints yes. who find holiness in their ordinary everyday lives. Yes, I do not feel that I'm being called to martyrdom or any of these, you know, big, big things. And so I love what we call the ordinary saints or lived ordinary lives. And Mary was not one of those. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up though, Lisa, because I never thought of it from that perspective. I never oh. looked at Mary and thought, I can't relate to her because she is without sin and she's the perfect mother had the perfect son and, and no can you imagine how hard that must have been to have the perfect son <laughs> no i can't i just can't like i can't imagine it at all that's my problem <laughs> but she should make you feel good she lost jesus for three that's days true. she lost him so i once Mary. lost my son at target so it's it's about the same thing right right <laughs> <laughs> well you you didn't lose him for three days in target <laughs> no that's true that's true i had him called over the loudspeaker if only they'd had loudspeakers in Jerusalem back then. <laughs> well, it's interesting, Lisa, I'll note that for someone who does struggle with relating to Mary, that you have so many pictures and statues of her in your house. I know, right? It is weird. <laughs> and you were just telling us last two weeks ago about how you have that beautiful print of St. Monica mm -hmm. in the arms with Mary consoling her. Right. When I look at that image, I envision receiving consolation from Mary or spiritual hug. I have a Mary on my back wall here, a painting, and I'll tell you where I got that one in a minute. And I have several statues on my bookcase. And it's funny because 
I feel that Mary is trying to woo me. Mm-hmm. To understand wooing, you can go back and listen to the episode, uh, Don't Stop the Wooing, that Shelly defined woo. And I feel like she's trying to win favor, like win me over to her side, you know. And so it's funny that I've started buying Mary statues because I go somewhere and I see it and I don't know why, but I end up <laughs> buying one. <laughs> Which sounds so silly, but I've been gifted a couple, but most of them I've bought. I just, the painting behind me, Shelly and I were, we were at a retreat, we'll call it uh, a year and a half ago or so. And I'd seen this image of Mary, the speaker, had shared the image of, of this painting, the original painting with us. And I'd forgotten about it completely. And then we walk into this retreat center and there's the original painting on the wall. And I went over and I was talking to them and I'm like, I've seen this. Why have I seen this, Mary? And I just, I love the look on her face. And they said, oh, well, the artist is here. She's part, part of our community. And so they said, she sells prints. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I was talking to her, I said, how much is a print? And they told me, and that was the exact amount of money I had slipped in my wallet as like mad money, you know, just in case money. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, that was a sign that I had exactly that cash on me to spend. So I bought her. Looking at Mary in this way, just I find love and comfort. And then I have one statue that I bought at uh, the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament in Alabama, and it's a copy of their statue of Mary. And when I was there looking at her, I just felt strength. Just this, because mm -hmm. you see Mary a lot of times as kind of meek, and I just felt, she has this big gold crown on her head, and I just felt this strength when I looked at her. And so I, I bought a statue. That's great. I only have one picture of Mary, and that is uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And it was given to me by our mother, and I can't remember exactly when. She and I have had discussions, but <laughs> I have a memory of having it as a child, and she thinks she didn't give it to me until college age. So somewhere between there is the truth. <laughs> Mom's probably <laughs> right. I just misremember it. But in my mind, I've always had this image on my wall, and I know I've had it since I moved out of the house. It's always in my bedroom, and it is a print from Granny's mother. And after Granny passed away, I asked for and I received the matching print of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that goes with it. The print is easily over 100 years old. And it, it's not that I, I don't know, it's not that I had any deep devotion to the Mary of the Immaculate Heart in the image. It's more just been like a connection, a maternal connection that I feel like through mom, through granny, through granny's mom, who was always kind of held up as this beloved woman. You remember, Lisa, how she had, granny always had the picture of her mother in the frame at the end of the hallway. Do you remember that? No. No? <laughs> Sorry. No. So I guess for me, Mary feels like a maternal relation, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. No, it makes total sense. But I think that's interesting that we we see Mary and I feel comfort and strength and you feel a relationship, you know, you feel that she's a family member. Mm -hmm. I would think lots of people have different feelings when they see images or depictions of her. Yeah. And I smile when you tell me that she's starting to woo you. <laughs> she woos me. Yes. Because I can 
definitely see where Mary has always just been kind of quietly in the background of my life. It wasn't that she sought after me, but she did start appearing more and more. And, you know, from experience, when that happens, you should probably start paying attention and praying, why? Why are you wooing me? Right. But like I said, mine was in 2019 was when it really kind of all came to a head. I did that word of the year generator that's online, Jen Full mm -hmm. Oilers. And I remember I clicked the, and I got the word follow. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, that's a weird word. And I clicked it again and I got follow again. I clicked it like three times and you obviously every time weren't I follow, listening. So. Did you, did you yes. listen to our podcast last time about God calling you? Cause yes, obviously I had to click it three times to know that he was saying follow. And I'm like, okay, follow what, what, what am I supposed to follow? <laughs> I'm a little Funny. stubborn sometimes. <laughs> so it was like later that week or it was right around the turn of the year, you know, January one. Well, January one is a mass for the solemnity of the blessed Virgin Mary and our parochial vicar is he's celebrating the mass and he's delivering the homily and he looks right at me in the pew because that's when I still sat in the front row. And he said, follow the virtues of Mary, patience, obedience, humility, which is a big one, courage <laughs> and confidence. Follow our blessed mother. She who says, do whatever he asks of you. I was like, okay, that feels like an answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when the priest himself looks you in the eye and is like, follow Mary, you're like, yes. <laughs> But I love what you just said there, because I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like, again, all this talk about Mary, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Like, why are we not talking about Jesus? Right. And, I, and I've been in Bible studies with different denominations, and this comes up a lot. Why, why all the focus on Mary and not Jesus? And it's not an either or, it's an and. I mean, I feel like that's without, we don't have to say it, but we should say it. Of course, we worship and adore Jesus. Mary her role in this and why people find comfort in her is that one she's a mother figure and two she points us to her son and that's what you just said i love that that mary said do whatever he asks of you mm -hmm. from the wedding at cana and and that's it like she constantly is reminding us over there him <laughs> Remember mm -hmm. him? Remember this? He loves you. He's there for you. And when you're struggling with something, she's the mother that comforts you. Then she's pointing, you know, like like a mom does. Okay, now go this way. Now do. She reorients you in your life. Yes. And I've done a lot of reading about Mary in the last couple of years. And I, I think her whole role is to show us Christ, to bring us to her son. She turns us to Jesus and she leads us to the cross because it is on the cross that we find, we find everything. We find forgiveness. We find a way into heaven. We find humility, everything that Jesus has done for us, everything he suffered and died and opened the gates of heaven so that we could go to heaven. We have a hope of going to heaven. And he would not be here if Mary had not said yes, if Mary had not nurtured him. I mean, think about it. God came down to be human through Mary, and Jesus is fully human and fully God. I know we're getting to big churchy things here, Lisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he did that so that we could be reunited with God in heaven. 
Mary's obedience to God undoes the knot of Eve's disobedience. I think that was St. Irenaeus, and that's where the title Our, Our Lady Undoer of Knots comes. That Eve disobeyed God by eating the apple and giving it to Adam. And then they were exiled from the Garden of Eden, which is really that they were separated from God. They no longer walked with God and sin entered the world. But Mary says yes to God. And her yes leads us to Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. And so her yes, which we call her fiat, that yes, she wasn't an attorney and didn't want to argue with anybody about all the specifics and get it in a contract <laughs> with a legal document signature there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but she she doesn't just say yes. I mean, she's like, she was greatly troubled. How can this happen? I mean, how, how is this going to happen to me? But in the end of it, she shows us this amazing humility and trust. Talk about trust. I mean, that everything's going to be okay. I know, Lisa, really, it comes down to this. It's Mary's humility and trust in God and trusting that he has a plan for salvation and that somehow she is chosen to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So as we said, I, I kind of struggled with my relatability to her, but there are little things that I look to and, and that um, helps me develop that relationship with her. And that faith and trust in God in the midst of all of that is is number one for me because I hope to develop that level of trust one day in God. I would, I think I would be naive or not sincere if I was like, yeah, I trust God like Mary. I can't say that. <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't think I could actually honestly say that, but I hope to, and I, I want to. So I look to her example as a reminder that it's possible and that we're, <laughs> like last week, we're called to do that. We're called to have that deep faith and trust. Something else that, see, I, I'll go back to Mary kind of like wooing me here for a second. There's little things that she does, they're big things, but I'm saying little things uh, that happens that uh, make me smile and like her more. And that is when she, okay, maybe this is going to turn people off, but Mary and apparitions, but Mary appears to people, right, all over the mm -hmm. world. And when she appears to people, one, her message is always about her son, Jesus. It's not about her. It's about Jesus. Two, they see her looking like them. Right. So That's we true. have images of Mary from all over the world that she looks like the people that she appears to. She's dressed like them culturally. She looks like them ethnically or racially. And I love that. To me, that just screams the heart of a mother. That she comes to them in a way, to everybody, in a way that speaks to our hearts. And I kind of sometimes wonder what would she look like if she appeared to me? How would I see her? What does her heart say I need? I love that idea. That's very beautiful. And I love what you said there about her appearing like that, because she's showing you that she is all of our mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we are, if we say we're children of God, if we say that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, then Mary is also our spiritual mother. And our job as mothers, as we've kind of talked about, is to lead our children into heaven, mm -hmm. to be that example of holiness. 
and you you've mentioned this a lot in the past you know grace and mercy living a life with grace and mercy Mm -hmm. and where we differ you've already brought up we're not perfect like mary we have sin (laughs) right so we're imperfect but we need we need her as a model to remind us she gifted us with her son and i'll give you one better every time she appears in, in all the ones I've looked up, right, from Fatima to Lord's France to Our Lady of Guadalupe, the message is always the same. And this is one of the things that really struck me. She is always telling us to repent, always mm-hmm. telling us to turn away from anything that separates us from Jesus. And then she also asks us to pray for the conversion of sinners. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always found that interesting that that message is the same throughout centuries. Turn towards mm-hmm. Jesus. Here is her son on the cross. And we need to come through him to attain heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is the absolute. So I, I, it makes it sound like I don't really like her, but it sounds like I like her. I don't know. I. <laughs> She's still calling you, Lisa. You just <laughs> she's wearing me. You're just putting up your attorney fight. You're there. You're you're just being like, well, prove me this. I, you know, win this argument with me. Uh, yeah. Oh, what if she does? <laughs> I know. Don't say that. I I I think I would have a heart attack. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> well, the thing I don't about think I can handle the that. thing about my relationship with Mary is that in in that year in 2019, I found surrender, and I found that that she leads me to surrender to God. So like we were talking about going to the foot of the cross, Mm -hmm. she leads me there. And I saw a beautiful representation of this actually in The Chosen. I know you're not caught up, so spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, Mary's going to encourage people to meet her son, Jesus. (laughs) Okay, so in season three, and the creators of The Chosen are not Catholic, so I know a lot of Catholics who watch The Chosen and they kind of have issues with the way they present Mary, but I do not have any issues right now with how they present Mary. I think they're doing a very beautiful job of helping her to be seen as the mother of Jesus. So we'll just put that to the side. But there's a scene where one of the characters following Jesus has left the group, has separated themselves from Jesus, has kind of gone back to an old way of life and then is recalled to the group. Other members from the group go and bring this person back. And when this person re-enters the camp where they are, they are ashamed and embarrassed and do not want to approach Jesus, feel unworthy. How, how will he ever look at me again? How will he ever trust me again? How will he ever call me to him again? And it is Mary, the mother of God, who is in camp at the time, and goes to this person, puts her arm around them, and consoles her, and tells them, you just need to go to him. And then Mary guides this person to Jesus and basically says, here. And then this character and Jesus have a conversation. And there is repentance. There is reconciliation. That's what reconciliation is. I am sorry for doubting, for leaving, for separating myself from you. And Jesus says, I love you. I want you. And Mary's just standing quietly in the in the side, not even like a big grin on her face, and just a smile, just right there. That's what this is about, bringing you back and putting you there so you can have a stronger relationship, being forgiven and being loved by Christ. I love that. 
That I I can't wait for that scene. That sounds exactly. We should have just skipped this episode and just played that. <laughs> well, I was trying so so hard not to say, you know, which character it is. No, but... no, that's fine. I just mean that it's it's that sounds like it said it so much better than us. <laughs> oh well. I love some of these movies, TV shows. I've just started The Chosen, so I can't speak too much to it yet, though I am enjoying it. The other one I'm thinking about was The Passion, and I can't remember how many oh. years ago that was now. It was the first time I really thought about Mary being there. You see her, and you see her watching, and you kind of see it through her eyes in a way, her son being tortured and killed, and you... You know, she knew it was going to happen, maybe not in the exact way, but she knew it was coming. But to watch her watch him and those eyes and and the uh, the angst and the the suffering that she experienced in that moment, that really struck me. It was it was very powerful. And it was the first time I'd ever really remember I've always said that I thought Mary was perfect and what how could I ever how could she ever relate to me or me to her? And that was the first moment that I thought of her as a person in that way, that she did suffer by watching and her son experience what he had to go, what he had to go through. I'll agree with you because I remember, and I've only watched it the one time, it, it's much too difficult for me to watch. And it's for that reason, because like you, that was the first time I'd ever put myself in the crucifixion, like witnessing it, watching it. And it, it's such a difficult movie, but to see it through the eyes of Mary, I ugly cried so hard. I just remember being, and I had kids, you and I both had kids by then. So it meant so much more even, I mean, when you're mm -hmm. just reading it in the Bible or you're hearing it on Palm Sunday or on Easter, you know, or any of Holy Week, any of that, it's completely different listening to the readings versus seeing it mm -hmm. and seeing it from the eyes of being a mother and thinking, what if that were my child? How does anyone survive that? heartbreak. There's a one scene in The Passion of the Christ, Lisa. Do you remember after he's been scourged at the pillar and Mary's grabbing uh, cloths and they're sopping up the blood that's mm -hmm. running in the, uh, they say, what are you doing? And she says, don't you see it's his blood? Because back then the blood represented your life spirit for him to shed that blood and for it to be there. They couldn't leave it there. They had to collect it. You talking about that, which I haven't thought about that scene in so long. It reminds me of reading in um, Real Mercy by Jacques Philippe. And it's, he's talking about Mary and about mercy. And it's, it's kind of a longer quote, but I'm just going to take out the part that really struck me was, she's strong against evil, but with an inner peace and tenderness that transmits to us. And when you were Talking about that scene, I was thinking about that, just this strength, but at the same time, just this, this tenderness, right? And peace. And I wrote in my book, when I got to that section, I started and written in the margin, it says, I want this. Oh, wow. And that's what it says. I want to be strong against evil, but with an inner peace and tenderness. That just speaks to motherhood. So I know you have, this is one tiny book that I um, was referencing, but I know you have several others because you've actually read a lot, lot more 
about Mary than I have. Lately, it just feels like those are the the books that keep landing on my desk and I keep picking up and following them. But so the first book I might recommend is actually a meditation on each word from the prayer, Hail Mary. But uh, it's called Word by Word, Slowing Down with the Hail Mary. It's a compilation of like reflections about each word that's in the Hail Mary. And each one is a different writer. And it's a really beautiful way of just kind of resting in prayer. When I began following Mary in 2019, I was given an Advent meditation book from Ascension Press. It's called Rejoice Advent Meditations with Mary. I might have mentioned this one in an earlier episode. I think you did in the spiritual reading episode. I did this devotion during Advent and it's there's just so much to unpack in this. Uh, it, it's beautiful. So if you really want to spend time each day with getting to know Mary and seeing through her eyes, this is a beautiful prayer resource. And then kind of the, the big one is a consecration to Mary, which we're not going into a lot of detail here, but, but basically when you consecrate yourself to Jesus. This is a 33-day study to go through Mary to allow her to lead you. And it was created by St. Louis de Montfort. And it's that's a really challenging one. So the one I've used is Michael Gately, Father Michael Gately, 33 Days to Morning Glory. And I did this for the 33 days and I made a consecration, a prayer, where basically I gave Mary everything that I am. And Anything that I do, I give to her to use for others, not for myself. So it was my my surrender to her. So that was kind of like the penultimate, I guess, for me, was, was getting there. I think that's why I wanted to do this topic today, because we're recording this in early September, and my consecration date is September 8th, and that's Our Lady's birthday. I got another one. <laughs> um, it's Marge Fenelon again, and it's my queen, my mother, a living novena, a Marian pilgrimage across America, because I also have another earlier episode about making your summer travel a pilgrimage. And we've actually been to a couple of the places that are in this book. So I love this book if you need an idea of well, where to go to help you get to know Mary. So, Well, I have one that I highly recommend, and it is Walking with Mary, A Biblical Journey from Nazareth to the Cross, and it's by Edward Shree, and um, he basically walks you through where Mary is found in Scripture mm -hmm. and each chapter, and there's also a, um, a group study that you can do with this one, and I've done the group study, and I've read the book, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. So Lisa, that's funny you bring up that Edward Shree book because I know I've mentioned before how much I love Edward Tree and I've read a lot of his stuff in my small group. I've never read that one. <laughs> so there's, there's a double whammy for me. There's a Marion book and it's an Edward Tree book that I haven't read. So. Well, now it's on your to-do list. I should say, add it to your very tall stack of books you want to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go and find that one and order it. Um, I found that, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in here. I found yep. um, a prayer that I wrote to Mary in 2012. It says, Blessed Mary, Mother of God, intercede for me with your son. I long to say yes, but I am afraid of what that means. Guide me with your mother's hand so that I may know that all will be well. Amen. Look at you. Look at you. 
See, she's been wooing you a long time. Because right there, you prayed to her and asked. That's mm -hmm. really beautiful. You're going to have to make one of your pictures and put a little that graphic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to put that one on your bathroom mirror. I know. <laughs> it is It is funny because whenever the topic comes up, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not close to Mary at all. And then it's like. Um, Surprise. I know. I know. You're just she, not paying attention. <laughs> don't challenge. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't challenge. You know what happens. God's yes, I do. like, knock, knock, knock. You're paying attention yet? No? Mm -hmm. Okay, let me get your attention. And I don't, that scares me. <laughs> oh, okay. So we want to know, those of you who are listening, what do you think about Mary, the mother of God? Have you ever thought about her? Are you Camp Lisa or Camp Shelley? <laughs> I mean, do you have a devotion to her or are you kind of like Lisa going, hmm, you know, that's a little intimidating. The mother of God is, you know, without sin, perfect. And there are so many different devotions and prayers. Maybe let us know if you have one that you're committed to or that you love. Yes. I want to know from our listeners if they have pictures or statues of Mary somewhere in their house. I want us to post a picture of our statues and our pictures and have people respond and show us their statues and their pictures. I think that'd be fun to see because there's so many different art. See, I told you that. I do love that there's so many depictions of Mary to appeal to everybody. So, Well, another episode, we will have to go into either some of the prayers and devotions or some of the apparitions because we could talk for hours about all the different times that she's appeared and how she's yeah. all the titles of Mary that she's known under. And I would love that. And Lisa's given me a look like, um, no, I would too. Just... I, I've got several <laughs> up here on my bookcase. I, mm -hmm. I, I wear a miraculous medal. Did we talk about that? So we can, we can know that's another episode too. Yeah. We can definitely talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we should hold that all for another one. I think we're going to end up doing a double episode otherwise. So why don't we cut it here? and wait to hear some feedback as to where people stand with Mary, how much they love her, or maybe they need to get to know her a little better like me. But Shelly, I, I love your passion for Mary. We've had a, we've had a lot of fun even before we recorded talking about um, just you helping me learn more about her. And I think that was really special. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sister. <laughs> And thank you, dear listeners, for letting us share this topic with you. As always, we hope that you uh, enjoyed listening and that you will, you know, someone told me, why why should I leave a review besides just so we could read it? But I was going to say, there's a purpose to reviews too. It's to help other people find the podcast and the algorithms, the, you know, those dreaded words like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, they all use when you leave reviews and ratings, it helps us get found when people are searching online for a really cool sister podcast to listen to. And we, we want to pop up for that. So um, leave us a review if you would and uh, tell your friends. That way we're, we're encouraged to keep, keep doing this week to week. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Shell, I uh, have some books I need to restack and start reading. Sounds like a plan for you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Y'all have a great day. Bye.